you're listening to the People First Podcast from West Claremont Schools. Welcome, everyone, to the first episode of the People First Podcast. I am your host, Dr. David Fultz, and I invite you on our journey as each episode we explore the amazing employees we have that give our district such a courageous culture. Along the way, we'll meet people that make our district tick. We'll also get the chance to share stories, ideas, and have great conversations with individuals around the district. Up next, our first guest. Today, we are fortunate to have as our first guest, Patty Emery. Patty is a kindergarten teacher at Summerside Elementary and our most tenured educator with 45 years of teaching experience. First of all, let me thank you for asking me to do the podcast. I'm, I'm very happy that you asked me to do this. And this is my, 2019 is my 42nd year in West Claremont and 45th year of teaching. Wow. Wow. What other district did you work in before West Claremont? I uh, started an all-day kindergarten program at St. Francis de Sales in Walnut Hills right out of college. They didn't have a uh, kindergarten program. And uh, the head of the school, Sister Mary Jerome, came out to the and asked if anyone was interested just in kindergarten, and I was. So she asked me to start the program. And then I went out to Santa Barbara, California, and taught for Santa Barbara County Schools on the campus of University of California at Santa Barbara. Wow, and you came back to Ohio. And then I came back to Ohio. <laughs> From right? California. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, can you tell us about your first year as a teacher in West Claremont? Well, what was so wonderful about getting the job in West Claremont was my brother had just been hired as a first-year teacher at Summerside School, and I was trying to find a job in Cincinnati. And the night before school started, he told me he heard that Mr. Keller was the principal at Summerside at the time, Mr. John Martin was the principal at Willowville, and that neither one of them could find a kindergarten teacher. They both needed a half day, one morning and one afternoon. So my brother mentioned to me, and I said, well, I'll call them and ask them if I can apply for it. So I called. They asked me to come in the next morning. I had all my references from St. Francis of Sales and from Santa Barbara, and they interviewed me. They called all my references, they had me wait out in the hall, and then they hired me. And the children were coming the next day, so they told me that the custodians would be there till midnight, and I could be in the classroom because I brought all my boxes of all my school things with me, and I set up my room the night before school started. So it was really interesting, but luckily it wasn't my first year teaching, but it was a new program. I had never done half day before. I'd only taught all day kindergarten. So I had to learn how to reduce what I was teaching to a half day. And after a while, it worked out very well. In the beginning, it was a little hectic for me. How nerve-wracking is it to have someone say, will you go wait in the hall while we have a conversation That's about you? <laughs> they did. They said, wait out in the hall and we'll let you know. And then, uh, and I was glad that they called um, because I had really good experiences in my other two jobs. And um, so I was really happy that they called my references, and they must have given me good references because they both hired me right away. Very nice. So as you think back and you're reflecting on this, what were some of your feelings on that very first day, that very first day you know the kids are getting ready to walk in the door, you only got them for a short period of time? Can you talk about how that made you feel? Right. Well, first of all, I wanted to get used to this half-day program, and when the children came in, what I was lucky, very much lucky with, was the fact that I had learned my first year teaching. 
that you can have the best lesson plans in the world, but if you don't get your classroom management and your behavior down, you can't get through your lessons. So I had learned that the first year. My first year of teaching was in inner city, and I had learned how important that was. So right when the children walked in, I had Willowville in the morning, Summerside in the afternoon. I started right away with positive behavior skills, modeling, and um, of course, you know, it's like herding cats, kindergarten, <laughs> the first couple of days. And the children just really responded to the modeling the most. I found, even when I taught fifth grade for a while at Summerside, that the more you model correct behavior, the more the children come around. And, and they did. And, but that was, it was, I was nervous that first day. And I, you always are, even now, even in my 45th year. When they walk in, you're not sure what type of group you're going to have of students and how well your expectations are going to work. And you have to be very flexible with kindergarten. You have to try all different types of classroom management because you'll have students that will respond very well and other students that don't respond to incentives. And so you have to come up with different things to see what will work with certain students. I've also been the inclusion teacher at my grade level every year. So I've always had identified students. And you always have to use different types of classroom management with some of your identified students. Mm-hmm. And yes. that, that's really helped me through the years. Oh, wonderful. Now, I heard you mention Summerside Elementary, and that's where you're currently at. Yes. Um, We are about to witness the uh, retirement of an icon in Bob Winterberger. This is his last year. Talk to us about what number this will be for you with Lisa Courtney coming in, and how are you approaching this new principal that's walking into this this position? Well, like I said, Lisa will be my eighth administrator. Um, I really, really enjoyed working with Bob Winterberger. He was very open with exactly what his expectations were from the staff. And we knew exactly what he, what he wanted us to do, what the expectations were, and he met with us often and let us know everything that was coming up, and everybody appreciated that. You could email him or call him if you weren't sure of situations, and I really was happy that we were allowed to do that because you never know with an administrator if you can contact them in the evening or you know on the weekends. He was very open with everybody being able to call him when we needed to. And with Lisa Courtney, I've met her at the uh, open house for new kindergarten parents and and students. And she seems very much the same way that very approachable, uh, very much wants to collaborate with the staff. And I found over the years, whoever your administrator is, you find out what they want from the staff. And then you follow through just like you want the students to follow through with your expectations. I think that um, that's the best way for whole staff to get along is when we understand what our administrator wants us to do is to follow those guidelines and then there's not so much discourse in the building. And I can tell that Lisa is going to be one that is going to be very approachable and open with the staff. Wonderful. I'm looking forward to it. Wonderful. In your 40 plus years in West Claremont, in your opinion, what is one of the best things about West Claremont? Okay, this, it was hard to come up with one, but I believe totally uh, the first and foremost one are the people. The people that teach in this district to me, and I know a lot of them in all the different buildings also, I, I really think that everybody in this district that I've come in contact with or are friends with are so dedicated 
not just to the academic success of the students, but also the emotional success. I mean, so many students come and they need so much help emotionally. And I see teachers in every building all the time just as dedicated to the emotional well-being of students as academics. They work so hard in this district. I, I just see teachers that are extremely hard workers. And, and I think that's the best thing, is the people that work here. And, I, and that the administrators are approachable, and the administrators do listen to teachers' concerns. Because without a good administrator, things don't flow well. And I've been so lucky that I've had wonderful administrators in my building throughout the years. Absolutely. Thank you. So how has West Claremont changed over the years? A lot. <laughs> when I started out here in 77 and 78, it was all farmland. I mean, just, just fields and farmland and lots of farms. With We used to drive. We had a uh, horse farm in Mason when that was all farmland, too, and we used to drive over here to West Claremont to buy our hay because it was less expensive over here. And I had a lot of children in my classroom that were on farms, were growing up on farms. And Eastgate Mall, none of that was there back in that time period. So I think it's changed from a rural area to urban. Um, we have a lot of parents now with advanced degree parents. So um, very different um, group of people that live in the area too. We have a lot of children that um, are special needs um, that I find as the years come, we have more, more special needs children, but we have the most fantastic special ed department. I, by me being the inclusion teacher for all these years, that those people, that support system in West Claremont is phenomenal. And, and that, that's what I, I'm really happy about, is um, I've seen a big difference in, in our help and our support system throughout the years from when I started. You have a lot more people, that, the psychologists, the uh, social workers in the area, the Head Start, because West Claremont partners with other groups and our special ed department, the support that we get now to help us with children that need extra, extra help and at-risk students, it's just phenomenal now. And I think that's been a big difference over the years. Good, great. So if you could go back to that first year, Patty, in the classroom, okay. what would you tell yourself? I guess... I guess the best advice I would give myself would be don't worry about the little, the little things, the little things that come up. Don't see mistakes as failures. See mistakes as learning situations. If you try lessons or if you try a classroom management technique or a positive behavior skill with the class and it isn't working, don't look at yourself as being... What, what's, what am I doing wrong? I'm not a good teacher. But say to yourself, all right, I have to be flexible and I have to try something else. This isn't working. And I think that if you have that mindset, then you don't go home feeling that you failed. You're like, this didn't work out. I need to come up with another plan. I need to try something else. And I think when you're starting out, and I see a lot of young teachers, I've had so many, so many student teachers. I used to get two a year for years and they would have something go wrong, a lesson they were trying to teach, and they would just feel horrible and think that maybe they went into the wrong field. And I think that in the beginning, you have to tell yourself, you're learning, you're seeing what works and what doesn't work, 
and to come up with a plan and try and change the whole dynamic of what you're trying to do and not feel that you failed at what you're doing. And how many times have we, have we learned from our mistakes or found the most learning from the mistakes that we made? Constantly, even now, this many years later, I have to change things from morning to afternoon because something I tried in the morning with a math activity, I reteach it in the afternoon and try a com- completely different approach to see if they'll understand it then. So I think no matter how many years you've been teaching, you have to realize that. So I'm going to flip the script a little bit. Tell us about a teacher that inspired you. All right. I, I have worked with so many wonderful teams. Every year that I've taught and every time I had a different team of people, they've been fantastic. And there's so many teachers that have, I have really admired. This year's team that I'm working with, I've been with them for four years now. They're wonderful. My fifth grade team that I worked with were fantastic too. But I have a team member, Lori, Lori Huntington, that is the most generous person I have ever worked with. She has great ideas. She not only has a great idea, she goes out and gets the materials to teach that idea and brings me and gets the materials for me also. So we share ideas all the time, but she even buys the manipulatives or the materials and brings them to you. And I just tell her all the time, that she's the most generous teacher I've ever worked with, even though I've worked with many wonderful teachers, because she is always right there to help anybody that needs any help at all. Wonderful. I think I speak for the the People First podcast crew when I say I'm inspired by the words I'm hearing from you right now, oh. and I'm humbled that you're you're sharing your words and your wisdom and your time with us this afternoon. Well, I... I Again, am humbled that you asked me to do this. I really am. When I got the email from you, I was, I felt very uh, humbled. It's the word I want to use that you asked me. And this is my um, one thing I'd like to add at the end. Unless you have more questions, absolutely for me, no. Please, I'm is, enjoying listening. Okay, one thing I'd really like to add is, I find teaching so rewarding that this is my third time in the last nine years with cancer. So I had, this is, I found out again in June, I had it a third time and going, being able to keep working when I can really, I think is the best treatment. It really is because it keeps me positive. The success of the children in the classroom, you can't think you have eight hours where they come first and you're not thinking of yourself and you're not thinking of your problems. And I, I really tell my doctors all the time that I think that that is like the best treatment I could have is being able to keep working through it. And, and I just appreciate Wes Claremont has allowed me to do that um, because um, I have, when I have the energy, I'm in that classroom all the time and I'm barely missing any days at all now. And so I, I just appreciate Wes Claremont being so supportive uh, of me, um, because this will be the third time that I've kept teaching with it, and I just want to thank everybody for that. Well, we we appreciate your inspiring words, and we appreciate the fact that you shared your stories with us, and that you want to be here and want to be here for kids. It says a lot about your character and your heart. Thank you again. All right. Uh, I just want to say, Patty, thank you for joining us, and uh, we look forward to uh, many, many years of cele- celebrating teaching and learning together. Thank you, and I'm looking forward to the new building being in the new building next year. Thank Thank you. you again.
Well, that's all we have for our first episode. We hope you've enjoyed listening to the People First podcast. If there's something that you liked, let us know. Or if you have someone you think would be a great guest, be sure to reach out. We encourage everyone to come back and join us for entertainment, encouragement, and a little inspiration. Have a great day. The People First podcast is brought to you by West Claremont Local School District in Cincinnati, Ohio. Natasha Adams, Superintendent. Kelly Sininger, Treasurer and Chief Financial Officer. Dr. David Foltz, host of the People First podcast. Jeffrey Rao, Producer. Shane Short, Technical Manager. Sue Hall, Production Coordinator. And I'm Joan Steer, the voice of People First. Thanks for listening.